Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Hi, this is Wally Backman of the New York Mets. I'm out at the ballpark. I'm listening to Sports Talk. And welcome back to WLIE 540 AM Sports Talk New York. Yes, that was a younger Wally Backman. Um, he and I did that 1982. Wow. Really very strange to uh, hear that back. going to play a clip a little later with Wally uh, as we get into this interview because joining us now is the man who was the Mets' first-round pick in the 1977 Major League Draft, 16th overall. He was assigned to New York Penn League Little Falls Met upon signing. He batted 325, six home runs in his first professional season. After batting 293 for the AAA Tidewater Tides in 1980, he received a September call-up for the Mets where he would be a fan favorite for the next eight years. He was a key member of the 1986 World Series winning team. He's also the former manager for the Las Vegas 51s, the Mets AAA affiliate from 2013 to 2016. He's currently a bench coach in the Mexican Baseball League. It is a pleasure to welcome the man who, if you ever listened to Sports Talk New York before, you know he is the man I think who should have been, who still should be, and hopefully one day will be the manager of the New York Mets, the one and only Wally Backman. Welcome, Wally. How are you doing? Doing great, Wally. So, you know, let's figure out how you went from being one of Sandy's four finalists to be the Mets manager in 2010, then climbing up the Mets ranks to now being the bench coach in the Mexican League. The time Terry Sandy took over in 2010, you had already had nine seasons as a minor league and independent league manager under your belt. You had just rejoined the Mets organization the previous year as Omar Minaya brought you in to manage the Brooklyn Cyclones, who you took to a 51-24 and record division title. So evidently, Sandy must have been impressed with you as after hiring Terry to manage the club, he promoted you to their double-A team in 2011. When you didn't get the manager's job and they promoted you to double-A, did Sandy say anything to you what you needed maybe to, to prove in the minors to be considered for a major league job? Not really. Not really. You know, I mean, I, I can what's really Sandy, I think Adam Morgan was a fun director at that time and what made me laugh the most was when they sent me that you get you get an opportunity to be able to learn how to do the double switches. Well I people do their homework. I've done double switches for five or six years and it's not a big deal. It's just being <laughs> Ahead of the game, knowing the situation, knowing who the people are going to come out. Uh, and when those, those situations don't happen until later in the game, anyway. So, you know, it's. They should have known I'd already done that. But that's what I was told at that particular time. You know, I'm also curious as to what Sandy's process was like. What were some of the things that they asked you or some of the things you had to go through during that interview process? You know, it was a, it's, a, it, it's a pretty standard interview. Um, you know, when I interviewed and got the Diamondback job, the questions are very similar. Uh, you know, maybe how you might handle, I can go back to the Diamondbacks. That was from years ago when those guys interviewed me when I got the job. And how I was going to handle a guy like Randy Johnson. Uh, you handle everybody exactly the same way. No, you can't. Veteran guys have to be handled a little bit differently. You want everybody to do the same thing in spring training. 
Um, but some guys just can't do it. You know, Randy Johnson is a guy that, that, that couldn't do, couldn't run that much. He had to ride the bike. So, you know, there's, there's different standards for different guys. Uh, you know, and, and the players understand those things when it's different players, or certain players like that. You know, from 2012 to 2015, you managed the Mets AAA affiliate. You win two division titles in the four years, turning prospects into major leaguers. Many of those guys that have made it to the majors, or even guys that have not made it to the majors, A, credit you with preparing them to be the best player they can possibly be, or getting them ready for the major leagues. And I know from speaking to you over the years, not only you were an excellent manager, but your player evaluation skills are maybe the best in the game. So AJ will vouch for this. Over the last six or seven years, you know, I might text you about a specific player. You'll give me, you know, your, your take on the guy. I, I talk to AJ about it, and they've always been dead on. I, I know that, you know, you know, your expertise in that field is tremendous. So I'm wondering, during those years as a AAA manager, how often would Sandy seek out your advice about player development and their value to the Mets organization and where they would best thrive in the major league lineup? Just uh, not very often. Occasionally, you know, usually the calls that you get when you're in AAA, probably to most all managers, they say, we want this guy to come send him out tomorrow or tonight or whatever it might be and uh, but there was, you know, I mean, it, you, 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 I was told due to sin, not really asked many questions about. Uh, but there was times when uh, they did, it would be a conference call and say, hey, well, what do you think about this guy? And I was able to say what I wanted to say, no matter what. I said, he's not the guy to bring up at this time. This should be this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they listened a few times. But most, most of the times you're, you're told, who to bring up, who to get on the plane, even if, no matter if, if I or my coaches thought the guy was ready or we didn't think he was ready, it wasn't. It's not our decision. You know, I remember one player in particular that you and I talked about, and it was a guy the Mets picked up in the, the rule draft um, draft guy by the name of Quentin Berry. He came into camp with the Mets, um, didn't make it out of spring training, was released. Uh, the guy who started over him in that 2012 season was a 34-year-old named uh, Andres Torres, one of Sandy's first trades, Angel Pagan, a horrible trade, yeah. by the Quentin way. Barry, Quentin Berry played in the, in the World Series that year. Yep, for the Tigers, exactly. Um, so were there many... Any other points where you might, and you had said that he, at that time, if I remember correctly, you said this guy, you know, based on what you've seen of him in the past, this is what he is, this is what he will be. And those are the, pretty much the same numbers he, he was, put up with the Tigers. He was terrible in spring training when we got him. Right. Terrible. But my point being when we talked about him when he got released is I said, before you release this guy, look at the back of his baseball card. Spring training is for a lot of players is to get in shape, get ready to play their season. Quinton Berry had a pretty good resume. And, you know, he went on and, and, and did help. I mean, you, you need all 25 players to help to win a world championship. And he did help the Detroit Tigers that year win the world championship. And we were just going to take him to AAA. And, and uh, it, it's, you make mistakes like that. Stuff happens like that. But my point being is, Leave the back of the baseball card before you make any rash decisions, and uh, you know, and that had really nothing. I don't think to do with Sandy at the time. I think you know that's a, with the minor league staff talking about players who are going to go to 
wherever you know, being in Las Vegas, Buffalo at the time, whatever it was, you know. So um, you got to be careful on some of the decisions you make. How how frustrating was it to have a lineup and be told by the major league team, by Sandy or whatever, you have to do certain things, play certain players, certain positions, certain batting orders. How much you feel that hamstrung your ability to to be the best manager you could be? Well, I understand that your high picks, you want them to get as many at-bats as you can get them. And, you know, we can take Brandon Nemo. That was one of the big things. It was an article last year or at the end of the year, whatever, that I didn't get Brandon in, in the top two spots as much as I was supposed to. And I broke it all down. And, yeah, he did get the, sec- the two-hole a lot or let off, whatever it was. And there was times that, you know what, you're supposed to protect your prospects. Period. And give them the best chance to succeed they possibly can. And yes, I did get in seventh or eighth, or it might have been Gavin Chikini uh, that we were talking about, but, but, but you give them the best chance to succeed. You know what? I look at what I, I mean, I've been in Mexico for six months, so, you know, I'm, I'm out of sight, out of mind, that's, that, which is fine. But, you know, I look at these players that I had last year. And Gavin Chikini is hitting 250. He was third in the league and hitting in the PCL. Brandon Nimmo that's been there is hitting 220. The second in the league off the batting title to T.J. Rivera last year on the last bat of the season in, in Salt Lake City. So I see these guys and I, I wonder what's going on. You know, I, I care about all of them because I had them all. And, and uh, it's just it, it's unfortunate to see some of the things that have happened to Four or five guys have bad years because they're all going to have the bad year the same year. I don't get it. But, you know, I, I still follow. I still watch. I still pull for them. I pull for every one of those guys in the mix still. Every one of them that I had. And even the guys that I didn't have. I mean, I, that's where I started. I grew up with, with the Mets being a first-round pick, like you said before, at 17 years old. So, you know, I'm not going to wish anything to happen bad to those guys. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because – Again, for me, after I met you, after I got to know you, your name always was at the top of my list for the guy to be the, the Mets manager. Because and you it, weren't shy about saying it on the air. Never shy never about shy, it. Never shy okay, about but also, from the other end, when I go out to the ballpark and I cover the team, and the team makes the postseason, you know, pretty much protocol around all major league teams is that when the AAA season ends and the team is in postseason, they bring up the staff. So I was all excited. You know, when I even texted you, or, or, you know, I'll see you on the field. And you were not brought up for that World Series, considering that 11 of the players on that 2015 Mets team that made it to the World Series were guys that played for you and guys that you developed. Were you shocked that you were not added to the staff for that World Series? I would say yes, you know, but that's not my decision to make. You know, they, they, it, it's just not my decision. But I, you know, shocked, yes. I mean, they're really not shocked. You know, I mean, the, the, the way that I had seen things turn, that it, it, I, I was, you know, you know what, I wasn't really shocked. It, it's, it's mind-boggling because there's just so many things that obviously, you know, there's a disconnect somewhere that Sandy's not letting people know. Because you take a look, one month after the team loses to the Royals in the World Series, Terry's bench coach, Bob Guerin, uh, one of Sandy's guys, 
basically leaves the Mets for the same job for the new tar- uh, Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, leaving an opening at the time for the, the bench coach, which... You know, Terry Collins was kind of vocal saying that you're, you're the guy. And when pressed about it, he kept on saying he hadn't made a decision on, the, on who the bench coach is. And the day after Terry publicly says he has not made a decision on who the bench coach is, the next day, Sandy hires Dick Scott. So, again, is this something that you looked at and, and, and said, like, all right, here's another slap in the face, not added to the staff. Terry wants me as his bench coach. I'm not even notified, you know, and Terry doesn't appear like he was notified, and a total outsider gets the job. Were you, you surprised by that? You know what? Best thing I can probably say is no comment. <laughs> uh, all right, you might not comment on this either, because this is something that I, I kind of, and again, it's not a conspiracy theory, but it, it's, again, looking from the outside. You look at what's happened in the Sandy regime in regards to the way the 1986 team has been treated. Yes, they had that great ceremony in the celebration for the anniversary, but it's almost like, you know, they don't want reminders around of how good and how much at one time this team controlled the city of New York. And how uncorporate. Right, exactly. Not button-down, white-collar guys. You you take a look, you know, and it started from day one. The first move that Sandy Alderson made right after announcing Terry Collins' manager was to reassign Howard Johnson, who then left. Okay, but you take a look also. Mookie Wilson was a coach at the major league level. He was reassigned. You had uh, Tim Tuffle, who was a coach on the major league team. He was reassigned. Bob Ojeda was an announcer on, on SNY. He said too many critical things. They fired him. There are a lot of these 86 guys also around Major League Baseball who have exceeded, succeeded in coaching and executive positions. Why is it that these guys, other than Keith and, and Ron, who have built a brand for themselves, it doesn't seem like anyone else is somewhat welcome around this team? You know why? I'll tell you. It's one word. Jealousy. <laughs> wow. I mean that's pretty bad. <laughs> you know, that's cra- that's crazy because the, this is a group of guys that knew how to win in New York because it does take a special type breed of player to win here and, and to get through it. And these guys know and these guys bleed. You know, met blue and orange, and yet they're not welcome with open arms because of jealousy. I, I can speak for like a guy like Howard Johnson and Bobby Bobby O'Hara. The knowledge of baseball that they have for what they did. Kojo, number one, is a lead coach. Very, very good. Bobby Ojeda probably would have been a great pitching coach, which he was in the minor leagues. Um, and, but he did a great job announcing. And I'm going to tell you what, people like that, uh, Bobby Ojeda, that's out of baseball, is a disgrace to the game of baseball because of the knowledge that he has. And you get rid of a guy like Howard Johnson because they had so many injuries that particular year. And if you look back, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think. They get about 270 as a team, which was down from the year before. They went from 270-something to 250-something with David and all those guys hurt that year. And you get rid of him for, for Dave whatever Budgins. reason that for they Dave thought. He was a good, he's a good hitting coach. I know Hojo's managing in the Ranger organization now, and, and the baseball mind, the baseball knowledge that is there is, you just threw it right out the window. 
You know, you talk about... And, and that's the shame that I see. You talk about Gosman and that team who are now out of baseball. Do you think that Sandy Nishton not hiring them for the Mets is past spreading bad word and trying to sort of blackball them from baseball totally? Do what? Say that again. Do you feel that uh, you talk about all these guys who are out of baseball who should be in, in better place? Do you think Sandy, in addition to not hiring them for the Mets or getting rid of them for the Mets organization, is past spreading bad word about them blackballing them basically from all of baseball? Well, you know, Sandy is his own individual. Sandy is who he is. He, he has his theories and thoughts and types of things. And I, I get it. I understand it. I mean, if he's the boss, we have to follow those rules. And believe me, I did follow his rules. Um, didn't mean I liked some of it, but I followed. But when you are bringing people into baseball, in the game of baseball, when, when I send a resume out and I get a, they send a, a response to me and say that I am overqualified to manage a minor league team. I mean, <laughs> Wow. I almost said it, but how am I overqualified? No matter what level it is. My my thing is, I love the game. I know I'm prepared to manage in the big leagues. I know I should be managing the big leagues. And I know I made a mistake in Arizona when I got hired. One time, I made a mistake. Okay? I know that that shit happened. But to be pushed aside or... or you know what? I know the analytics of baseball better than they know yep. the analytics mm-hmm. of baseball. Right. The sabermetrics, I know that better than they know that. And that's the game. Because though, yeah. sabermetrics, when you're talking about putting the guy in the lineup, it's all based on the year before. When your number two game is supposed to be your best in, in, in the lineup, okay, let's say that, okay, he's supposed to be that guy. But you take a, 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 an example, Gavin. Chikini last year with 325 in AAA. So he was one of our best hitters. So why is he only getting 250 this year? Hmm. It's all based on the year before when you try to put a lineup together by Saber metrics. It's not based on right now or who hit behind you last year and who's not hit behind you this year. There's, there's a lot involved in that. And, and I believe, trust me, I believe in the Saber metrics, most of it, but not all of it. It's that the fine line where you have to look at with your eyes and your gut. And that brings us to September of 2016. You resigned as manager of the Mets AAA affiliate because of a lack of respect and repeatedly getting passed over for the Major League staff. You stated that it didn't look you, like... You know what? Let, let, me, let me clarify that. Okay. Let me clarify that. I did resign. You were, I did resign. But I you had were, a choice to resign right. or get fired. Right. Exactly. Okay. And, and I resigned. Right. I had a choice. Absolutely. Right. And, and so, but the interesting thing is that I, I know you. I have also known you since 1982 when, as a 22 year old, I asked you what you wanted to accomplish in the game. And, and our board op actually has that. Steve, so just play that clip for one second. I want Wally to hear this. Early in your career, what do you plan to accomplish as a New York Met? Well, I, I plan to accomplish to. Uh, to stay here for about 10 or 15 years. Uh, I'm young. And I've, I know that I've got the ability to stay here for a while. Uh, I just think that I'm going to have to just keep working hard and uh, hopefully stay around for about 10 or 15 years. So, you know, you mentioned that also about how you, you love this game. So I guess the question for me is you bleed Met Blue. So 
I know that you had to put up. No doubt. You had to put up with whatever Sandy put in front of you, whatever obstacles, whatever bias he had against you. You put up with it, and I'm sure there, there are so many other things that happened that you've never talked about to anybody, either off the record, on the record, whatsoever. So the question to me is, why not ride it out one more year, win down in Vegas, continue to develop these guys, and continue to send them up to the major leagues and, and, and build that resume and hope that... Either one day, maybe Sandy loses his job and you outlast him, or some other team finally wakes up and says, look, you know, this guy's a winner. This guy's a winner every place he's gone. You know, I don't care what anyone else says. I want to hire him. Why not ride it out one more year? I didn't have the option. Like I said, it was either when I was called and told that, that – uh, they didn't want me back. I called Jeff Wilfon right away and says, what the F is going on here? And he said, I tried to save you for three years. You wanted you out of here for three years. And I said, stay. And uh, I had the choice. I, the only choice I had was to resign or let him fire me. You know what? I should have let him fire me because that would have been even better in the media. I should have said, right. go ahead, fire me. Right. But I didn't. I didn't have a choice. It was, uh, and, and the Wilpons didn't back. I didn't you. want to be fired. I didn't want to be fired, and right. so I was given the option to resign. Oh, okay, I, I know you have to and go. I through. forgot more baseball. I forgot more baseball. Than those guys <laughs> no kidding. Uh, you know, uh, in the, the few minutes we have before we have to let you go, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I look at Wally Backman. Wally Backman, to me, is a winner. Wally gets the best and most out of the ability of every player. Uh, he did that as a, a player on his own. He does that as a manager. All that goes in the plus column. Now, if I'm Sandy Alderson, uh, you know, baseball for him, he's the baseball maverick. He changed baseball, if you read the book. Um, managers are now middle management. In, in some organizations, they're also just yes-men. Would Sandy Alderson be able to walk in to Wally Backman's manager's office and say, Wally, I think player X, who you have on the bench, is a better everyday player than player Y, who you have as a starter. That's why I drafted or I traded for him. Uh, also, based on analytics, he should be hitting in the number two spot while you have him in the fourth spot. You know, if that ever happened at one point, you know, my gut feeling is Wally would say, you hired me to be a manager, there's the door, please shut it on your way out. Now, baseball's changed. Would you be able to almost be an, an, a, a middle manager at that point? Is that something that Wally Backman could change to do? Or maybe I'm reading the situation wrong. Maybe that is what you would do. No, you would be for myself, yeah. you would listen. You would listen. I would look at all the statistics based on whatever they come up with their formula of why that's supposed to be a thing. The difference is this. You can't grade a heart. And you can't grade determination. You can only grade statistics numbers, and that's what they do. And when it comes down in the end, when you do get in the playoffs, the heart, the desire of those players, if you could grade it, it would be huge. But my answer would be, I would listen, but I would still want to do what I wanted to do. And, and 
they when you're in the clubhouse or in the locker room every single day and every day out on the field when they're having batting practice or when you're having a meeting, you know those players better than anybody knows those players. You know the players better than the owners know the players. You know the players better than the general manager, the assistant general manager. Those are things that if, if it's the right situation, you communicate with each other, meaning the general manager and the manager every day. You talk about those things. You're supposed to talk about those things and, and have some sort of relationship. And I don't know if it, it happens as much as it happened when I played. You know, today seems like they got it all figured out. They made a little baseball glove. So... Well, I've never been in the trenches with a baseball player, and I'm not talking about the military. <laughs> I'm talking about the trenches when it's a nut cutting time, when it's one to one in the ninth inning, and you get a big hit. You know which guy is a manager if you got to use a pinch hitter, can pinch hit, period. So we have the trade deadline coming up tomorrow, and the Mets are starting to be sellers. I saw a rumor out that close to a deal to have Reed go to Boston, maybe, or somewhere else. You take a look at the state of the team right now, and obviously their selling's been a disappointing season. What do you think they need to do between now and next season to retool and be competitive? Well, you know, they've got to stay with injuries, number one. You know, I, I, I've seen a team that went to the World Series that had a better pitching staff than we had in 86, and we had 108 games in the regular season. And I know that these guys are hurt. Why they're hurt, I have no idea what's happened. Um, you know, I, I don't. I, I, I read some things. They blame it on Ray Ramirez. Ray Ramirez is great trainer. You know, so I don't know what's happening in, in between there. You know, so it's. But I do know this: that if you are a seller and you're the New York Mets, you're making a huge mistake because that pitching staff, if it could stay healthy, which I believe that it could. That's the pitching staff in the winning World Series. Period. I mean, it, it's Harvey, Weaver, Nats, all those guys. They've got to find a way to keep those guys healthy. So you got to make a few changes. But you're not going to put together a better pitching staff. We didn't have that good a pitching staff. How about a better defense? You know, sorry, Ronnie. Sorry, Doc. Sorry, all those guys. But these guys are better. If they can stay healthy, yeah. that's just it. I mean, those guys, those '86 yeah. guys, sure. they they made it. Not only did they make it through the yeah. rotation, but seven times in '86, those guys strung three wins together. Right. This staff has yet to do it uh, twice in you know the four years there together. Yeah. Uh, while we got about a minute and a half left, so when you when you and I were both 22 years old, I asked you what you wanted to accomplish in the game of baseball. You answered. So now, 35 years later, we're both 57 years old. What do you still want to accomplish? in the game of baseball? That's the same thing. I want to manage down a big league. I want, I want to win another World Series. That's what I want to do. You know what? When I uh, interviewed you last time in Port St. Lucie at a Met Fantasy Camp, I was hoping that the next time I got to interview you would be as a Met manager. I am still holding out hope. I, I, I think the chance of Mets, unless Sandy regime ends, is slim, but I, I believe that you will be a Major League manager somewhere soon. Well, I can tell you this. I love New York. I mean, that's been the favorite place I ever played my life. So that's where my heart is, and it probably will never leave there. Wally, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. All right. You guys take care.
you'd be good. Wally Backman, hopefully a manager in the major leagues soon.